there's a there's a pretense or there's like a, a pretentiousness of somebody who doesn't own when they failed. They they don't own it. They they say like oh this or this and this and this and blah and give all the excuses and this and this. But the person that owns it, they they have something that they recover from because there's a reality that sets in of like I failed, like I lost, I didn't do this right, I was wrong, and. In owning that, truth is owned. And when we carry truth, it's evident. It's evident. Because like people will look at you and be like, hey man, they're kind of a jerk, but they're not a liar. <laughs> and like there's some things that people will see in you that truth is evident in you. Truth is evident. They'll be like, man, like, look, they're trying. They're, I see the truth that they're trying. The evidence is there. Suffice it to say, if you sin, don't cover it up and try to make it okay with rationalization or humanistic logic. What I say is like this, like we, there's a lot of studies, physiological things that um, trigger us or compel us to do certain things. We all understand that. But what I'm saying is that when we position ourselves to believe that that's the truth and I didn't fail, it was just natural. You know, like um, <laughs> if, yeah, just, you know, there's a lot of things we can go where you say, oh, it's just a natural inclination. And it's like, but man, the truth is this, if we own our failures, we own that loss, we speak truth and display it in our life. We speak truth and display it. And I think that's when people begin to honor and respect you. Because when truth is owned and it's evident, people will know and they'll be like, look, I value them because they have truth. Betrayal is the opposite of that. Uh, deception is the opposite of that. Deception is is like, oh yeah, no, 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 it didn't happen. Like, you know, like, oh, no, 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 no. It's truth is owned. It's to say, yes, this happened. This is what's going on, blah, blah, blah. I lost that battle today. Um, I'm, these are examples. You know, maybe you cussed your wife out. <laughs> maybe you cussed your husband out. Maybe you cussed yourself out for yelling at your kids. <laughs> no, no, I just no, <laughs> no I, didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't cuss myself out. But I, I understand that what I'm saying is that like there's there's things that happen where we get like so frustrated, so stressful, so broken. Um, we get to that place of like just emptiness, and this thing comes out, and we're like we feel worse because this thing came out of us. And it's like, we feel condemned because it's like, oh man, like I'm a horrible person. But it's like this reality of like, dude, I lost a battle. That's it. The war's not over. It's not ending. This isn't it. This isn't the end of the line. I lost today though, but I did lose. To admit that is, is, is something that stirs us to keep us going. Because it's hard. It's hard to own that. It's okay and even important to own that loss. But understand, those around you, uh, they see that you are fighting. I, I would say this, in my time in ministry, I would say that those that we've gotten around or got close to, they didn't look at us as superheroes. <laughs> they didn't look at us as like, oh man, these people are holy. But what they saw was that they're trying. That's it, they're trying. They're, they're, they kept going. Like, even uh, I always share, we have a friend in Estonia. He would always be at our house. And so he saw us, 
You know what I mean? He saw, us, he saw me get mad. He saw Vanessa get mad. He saw us disagree. We had to own that. Like, it wasn't like, oh, let's go pray about it. You know, like, <laughs> it was like, no, nah, I'm mad. Like, like, you're wrong. Like, no, you're wrong. You know, you know that real argument in front of a dude who we're discipling, and it's like the reality of, of life kicked in, and it's like no one's hiding anything. But we owned it. It was like, yeah, we shouldn't have argued like that. That was wrong. I would apologize, which was very humbling, in front of company. <laughs> I would apologize in public, and it was I knew I had to do that because it was for me. As much as it was for my wife and to show honor and respect to her, it was for me to own that I was wrong. People see it. They see that you're fighting. They testify of the life you live. You know, he's not perfect. She's not perfect, but they're trying. And when they see you fall, they know you were fighting. And, and that's the thing that's important because, like, I think a lot of times – We'll get into it more, but a lot of times we, we see somebody fail or fall, and we think right away, you know, they're done. Write them off. Right. Battles are hard. They're not easy. They're not, they're not easy. It's not something you just accomplish and do. It's done, and it's daily. Every, every time we do it, you know, it's done. They're hard. Some will fight without having concern of their own wounds. Sometimes we can keep trying to go and, you know, take care of things and do things and get things done, and we're still kind of hurting or broken inside, and we have our own wounds, and we're trying to fight. It's admirable, but it is also known because that wound will cause harm and must be taken care of. Like there are times when I have to sit back and really reassess things. Like why did I write this sermon? You know, like, or why did I want to make this post? Or why am I talking about this subject? You know, like, is it because of a wound? Is it because I know that this person's been watching <laughs> and, and they're gonna see what I'm saying about this and get convicted, you know? Like, that, and, and that's completely wrong, man. That's wrong. <laughs> because what we do is we take our wound and we put it out as the main thing is, and like, we start fighting with something that we're broken with and it's like everybody sees that it's, it's wrong. Everybody sees it except us. We think, oh, no, no, we're fighting, we're preaching. And it's like, no, like you're just kind of throwing your blood and your guts all over everybody because you're wounded. And, and just this reality of we have to take care of that stuff. Uh, one old Christian man said this at an event I was attending. He said, uh, he was talking to pastors and leaders, and he said this. He said, some of you, you lost your shield. You lost your peace. And he says, not because you were sinning, but because you were in the middle of the fight. Then I was like, whoa, like that's kind of heavy. Because I, I legit knew like I wasn't in a place of like sinful behavior. I wasn't like, you know, giving into lust. It, it, was, it was still a battle, but I felt like I lost something. And he said that to me and I was like, dude, that's exactly how I feel. Like I'm, it's not a sinful thing. It's just like I, I didn't have a break. I didn't have a, a moment to pause and stop and think and pray and ask God for help and, and get help from other people and ask them, hey, can you, I need help. Like, can you talk to me? So it's this reality of understanding that in this battle, a lot of us are going through these things and we see people and they're trying to, you know, move forward and push forward. But some of them just lost some of the things they need. That's the truth. They just lost some of the things they needed. And we have to fight the right battles. And this is where I get into a little bit more scripture. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Matthew 7, 3 through 5 is a very well-known scripture. 
It says this, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Truth is evident in your life when you can see your flaws and failures long before someone else's. Say it again. Truth is evident in your life when you can see your flaws and failures long before someone else's. So, I think for a while in my life, I recognized I was great at recognizing sin in other people. <laughs> you know, pride. Or, uh, this and that. I'll go into a conference hall. Oh, that brother, he's struggling. You know? <laughs> like, well, I just know. Most people reveal it to me. I see it in them. You know, like, and and um, I'm not saying that that's not true. There was a few times when, like, legit, like, someone came up to me and God just revealed something to me. And I, I shared it with them. And they were like... Oh, how'd you know? They start crying, and I was like, oh, shoot, it's true. Like, you know, like, so what I'm saying is this, though. I recognized that I was, like, trying to identify everybody else's issues before my own. And I think the Holy Spirit dealt with me saying, like, dude, you're really good at recognizing everybody else's issues. What are yours? Well, I don't know, Holy Spirit. I'm pretty holy, you know? Like, and it's just this realistic understanding of, like, truth is evident in our life when we can see our flaws and failures long before someone else's. Because then we're truly pursuing Christ. Because the closer you get to him, the more you recognize how, I don't want to say messed up you are, but how imperfect you are. How much of you are in need of a savior. When you're in battle and truly engaged or focused on the mission, you're not focused on others. You're not, you're not really worried about you know, how good someone's doing, you're just hoping that they do their job. Yeah. <laughs> you're just hoping that they provide the cover, the help needed. You don't, you don't care about, you know, are they perfect? You think like, man, are they just in this with me? Are we doing this together? That's all you, that's all you worry about. And you're not focused on others like that because you're, you're looking at yourself trying to make sure you're doing things right. I read a book um, called The Final Quest. Um, some, of the, some of the chapters were kind of like, huh? Ah. Uh, the guy who wrote it, eh. but it's called the Final Quest, and there was there was a piece in there that I read that I thought was like, oh man, that's vicious. So I'll read it to you guys. Hopefully, it's as powerful as I thought it was. <laughs> uh, it says this: Occasionally, the weaker prisoners would stumble and fall. As soon as they hit the ground, the other prisoners would begin stabbing them with their swords, scorning them as they did this. Uh, the vultures would then come and begin devouring the fallen ones even before they were dead. The other Christian prisoners stood by and watched disapprovingly, occasionally stabbing the fallen one again with their swords. As I watched, I realized that these prisoners thought that the vomit of condemnation was truth from God. Then I understood that these prisoners actually thought they were marching in the army of God. This is why they did not kill the little demons of fear or the vultures. They thought these were messengers from God. The darkness from the cloud of cultures uh, uh, or vultures made it so hard for these prisoners to see that they naively accepted everything that happened to them as being from the Lord. They felt that those who stumbled were under God's judgment, which is why they attacked them the way they did. They thought that they were helping God. So the context is this. 
that this guy had this dream, and in this dream, he sees this, this huge group of marching people, and he realizes that these are all Christians in chains, and they're, they're prisoners of war being led by demons. And he says, and that's, and that's where he starts up, and occasionally the weaker prisoners would stumble and fall, and as soon as they hit the ground, the other prisoners would begin stabbing them with their swords. And it just hit me powerfully, because I was like, dude, that's, that's the thing. We love to take the scripture and, and point it and throw it and like, oh, you know, this is, you know, Genesis 1-1. <laughs> but it's this idea of like, we take these scriptures and attack people with it. And, I, and when I read this, I remember it challenged me so much in my thinking. Because I remember thinking of certain pastors who closed their churches or stopped being in ministry and thinking, good, we don't need the weak ones. <laughs> I started thinking of that. I started thinking like, because this was... And I, and I read this over 10 years ago. And this is how I was thinking at the time. Like, like oh, that pastor? Yeah, man, he's, he's a weak one. Good. They're out. Keep them out. They don't need to be in this. We need the strong ones. That's how I thought. Legit. It was not in any way of like, Lord, like I, I, how can they be restored? How can we help them? Is there anything? Nothing like that. And uh, it challenged me in my thinking. It really did. Kind of it's the same way of like stabbing them with my words or thoughts and uh, thinking I was a, like a soldier of truth, you know, like I'm a, I'm a true soldier, I'm committed you know, like uh, I drank that Kool-Aid hard back then <laughs> but never realizing the condemning voice I was to them and that's the thing like where most of us, we can say things that are true, are accurate and, and like there's nothing wrong with, with um, that assessment but it's the condemnation that comes behind it. It's like this, the realizing that truth is a mirror, not a microscope. Truth is a mirror, not a microscope. Truth is about seeing who we are. And <laughs> it's, Vanessa and I used to watch CSI in Estonia. Okay, you guys watch CSI, right? Yes. Who has not seen CSI? Okay, good, all right. What, oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, this won't work for you then, for everybody else. <laughs> no, okay, so CSI, um, basically crime scene investigation. So they would go out and they would go to a crime scene and investigate the crime scene. So they had all the tools of the trade, everything they needed, like chemicals, you know, uh, tools, everything they needed. And it's funny because they would be able to like, like say that there was a robbery and a car drove off they would find a camera somewhere and zoom in, and they're like, oh, we have new software. It can, uh, you know, uh, depixelate everything, and so everything's clear, like, automatically. So it was funny because we would watch this show, and all, all it was about was, like, them zooming in on certain things, like going to the fingerprint that someone left a smudge on when they killed the person, and the, the investigators were so good that they got to the details of things, found the, the thumbprint and they're like we got them you know like and it's like just the, the, the smallest detail things and it's like what I realized was this is my like I have an approach like this sometimes when looking at other people <laughs> I, it's like a it's like you get down to the small like look at what I found <laughs> you know you see what they're doing in their life and you're like oh dude I knew it I knew it you know and so um, some of us can become a CSI type of person when it comes to others' lives, and we have to stop. Because truth is a mirror, not a microscope. 
truth is about looking at us. And I get that from 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says this, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. When we really come to this healthy place of self-examination, we begin, the un we begin to understand the concept of having grace. Like when we begin to see ourselves for the help we need and the Savior we need, we begin to see grace that can be given to others. Like, I'm not perfect. So, all right. They cannot be perfect as well. <laughs> That's permissible. <laughs> Only because I'm not. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, that's a healthy place of examination. It doesn't bring us into condemnation, though. I'll say that. Um, Self-examination should not bring you into condemnation. To where you're looking at yourself and you're thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm hopeless, I'm worthless, I'm, I'm this, I'm blah. That's condemnation. Self-examination is something that's good for you. Where you look at it, you see like, I, I, I need to work on this. I need to work on this. You know, like, I'm not going to hell because Jesus is my Savior. <laughs> you know? But I need to work on this. That's self-examination. And um, we begin to understand the concept of having grace. We see them fighting. We see them trying. And we see them fall. But we know I want to help them back up. Maybe not to the same place they were. Because there are some things that it, it, it disqualifies us from certain places of ministry. You know, so some things we just, we don't go back there. For some people, we don't, we don't put them back there. But we want to see them back in the fight. Um, our, our accusations fall away into a necessary forgiveness to see past a failure or flaw and to see that they are trying, that they are fighting. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says this Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, thus when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. The main thought is like to walk away with, like the walkway point is truth is a mirror, not a microscope. Truth in us reveals things to us that help us move forward in a healthy manner that helps not only us, like, like our walk with Christ, to really identify the things that we need from Him. Like, if you don't have a moment daily, you should incorporate it into your, into your daily, like, whatever, routine. Where you just literally share with God, like, God, I need help here. I have this area in my life that's broken, it's not that good, I'm struggling, a confession to say, Lord, I need this because you're examining yourself and you're speaking it to God to say, Lord, help me with this. And then people come around and they begin to call out some things. And that's a hard part because <laughs> they do help you, but it's a little bit uncomfortable. And that's the reality of, of our daily walk with Jesus, like saying, Lord, help me with this. And my prayer, not just for uh, myself, but for all of us, man, uh, is that God would help us to know ourselves much quicker than we know others. Like when we walk into a situation, um, it's, it, we can be quick to judge. I've walked into rooms and I've, I've seen people and I'm like, oh, 
not my craft. <laughs> you know, but the reality is that I don't know what brought them there. I don't know why they're there. I don't know why they're like that. And I, I, my prayer now is, Lord, help me to know myself much quicker than I know others. Like, to not examine them with a microscope, you know, oh my God, you know, <laughs> but to be like, Lord, show me, like, help me, help me, because I, I want to be a, a help to others. Um, help us to see the areas we need to work on so we can help others out. Mm -hmm.